Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Metal Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. J here, and tonight we're trying something different. Um, a while ago we had started with the history of Rabbit and Red, where I was going to go back in the archives and pull old interviews, uh, mostly from the horror bit um, times of the show. However, a lot of those recordings have been lost ever since the horror bit kind of went defunct. So, um, but. During the course of my move a few months ago, I had uncovered two of my favorite interviews from that time, Tony Todd and Daniel Harris. So I will be presenting them now, um, well, after I'm done talking. They will start, and that will be the show, um, those two interviews. Um, they are uh, probably, like I said, my favorite from that time period. Um, these were done back in 2011 when Hatchet 2 was on the verge of being released on Blu-ray and DVD, I believe. So, um, 
And I know uh, we have been absent. Uh, life happens, unfortunately, and uh, things have uh, kind of prevented us from recording for uh, the past few months. Uh, I haven't announced this publicly, but my mother did have a stroke back in October. Um, so, uh, finally, uh, with that uh, uh, kind of uh, getting under control, um, I'm able to have some more time um, and able to record a little more. Um, John had some issues himself, um, but we, uh, as of now, um, are working on consistency coming for uh, 2020 as Rabbit and Red enters its 10th year. Um, on the air, so to speak. So, um, we have a lot of big things planned. Um, I have a uh, film project starting probably at the end of this month. So, we'll see where that takes us. But, um, that's enough of me talking. Um, I will see you guys on the next episode. But for now, enjoy these two interviews with Daniel Harris and Tony Todd. Thanks for listening. All right, we are back here, Rabbit and Red Radio, and I have the uh, ultimate honor of bringing on one of my favorite actors and probably one of the best things to come out of Washington, D.C. in years. The man can class up any movie, to say the least. You don't have to say his name a bunch of times for him to appear. I'm talking about the great Tony Todd, everybody. Tony, welcome to the show. What, what's up, all the Rabbit and Red people? Um, you left out the two and the one, man. You threw me off for a loop. <laughs> well, hey, you know, uh, I've figured a seasoned actor like yourself you would uh, you would <laughs> yeah I got it but I mean what about those people out there that are still learning how to count well <laughs> you know you, you, just mess, you mess up their educational progress well if they're listening to this show they're only going to get dumbed down a little bit more so there's only so much I can do there you go I know you guys I'm sure are contributing a lot to the cultural landscape man <laughs> you know I this is I think one of the the first question when I knew I was going to have the privilege to interview was I wanted to ask you this. One of your big breakout roles was Candyman. And you look back on it now. Did you ever feel that film was going to be like a, a huge success and also help launch your career? No, I didn't. I don't, I don't, I've learned enough in this business to not put all my eggs in any one basket. The weird thing was though that Bernard Rose, who directed it and did the translation from Clive Barker's Forbidden, he told me that it would be. And we spent a week in Chicago doing prep work and uh, just digging into the character and doing background, starting our using the maps. And then I had to do a lot of ballroom dancing, horseback riding, you know, to get into that romanticized period flavor. And he kept saying, Tony, this is going to change your life. And I said, okay, is the check going to clear? Because, you know, you'd get nervous about things like that. <laughs> and, um, and unfortunately, it did. And and sometimes, unfortunately, it did. Um, just the other day, I was leaving Newport News, Virginia. I did a quick day for a trailer for this prospective film. And I'm at the TSA station, a little tiny airport. And I'm asking the guy, is this, you sure this is a jet and not one of those Flintstone planes? You know? And it's assured me it wasn't. And all of a sudden, a whole TSA crew knew me, and they were, like, giving me praise for the work I've done, but at the same time they were subjecting me to a body scan and uh, making sure my laptop opened, and I said, look, you can ask me a question, but just don't stick that prod up my uh, rear end, okay? Alright. You know, so it just goes to show that fame doesn't really get you uh, everywhere. 
No, it doesn't get to shit other than because I guess they suspect that I might be a clone. I don't know, you know, maybe they've seen too many sci-fi movies. <laughs> you know, I'm just curious with this since you were the star of Candyman, and there's so many remakes that are going on nowadays. Would you? Uh, what would be your thought on if Candyman would be remade? Would you be upset by it, or would you be happy for it? No, five years ago I would have been upset, uh, but now knowing that inevitably it will be remade. Um, no, um, as to who should do it, I have no idea. Uh, hopefully somebody good. Um, I think that no matter what happens, all that's going to do is bring attention back to the original. And, um, as it did for my dear friend, Robert England, uh, uh, who I was had the pleasure of being at the New York Choral Film Festival when he got his Lifetime Achievement Award. And he told me, Tony, one day you're going to get this and you're going to say, I'm not dead yet, motherfuckers. <laughs> so, um... You know, I, I find it it's an honorable thing. I, I don't own the property, so one reason why it hasn't been remade yet uh, is because there are three different owners that just don't like each other. They just won't, you know, sign the paperwork to allow it to be done. So hopefully one day soon. Well, hey. I did, however, just I, I just did the animated version of Night Living Dead, and I was honored that I was able to reprise a role that I did in 1992, a 2011 audience, and that's going to be an awesome 3D experience to be. It's going to be released sometime this year. I know that's the one. So who knows? Maybe you have, and you're always, you're constantly working it, and it's great. And I want to know this. It is great. You work with so many different actors and actresses. I mean, one I automatically top my head. I remember from Lean on Me, one of my favorite movies. You work with Morgan Freeman. Out of all the people yeah. you've worked with, who influenced you the most as an actor? Uh, well, you learn something from everybody. The day you don't is the day you should stop. Morgan was very instructive to me. You know, I was a young kid, and he was, you know, right at the cusp of his being perennially cast as God. And uh, I remember I was so excited. I just got my next role. It was a film that never got made called Death of Rose. That was unfortunately with MGM. And two weeks into shooting, they pulled the plug on it. We got paid, but, you know, try telling that to somebody that, who just wants his work out there. And that cast included Lawrence Fishburne, um, Angela Bassett, uh, the, the late great Natasha Richardson, and myself. And, uh, and what a waste that that didn't get lensed. Um, but yeah, everybody has a profound effect. I look at the people that I haven't had a chance to work with. Like one of my greatest inspirations current uh, of modern times is Robert De Niro. Um, I would love to work with him. And this last year, I was in Philadelphia working on a project called Changing the Game, and which brought to my attention that he was in town and wanted to have lunch with me. And I'm going, wow. You know, and it was also told that he was a huge fan Candyman. Wow. I'm going like, dude, this is from the guy that did Taxi Driver and Goodfellas <laughs> and, you know, Dare Hunter and all these classics that we had to study when I was a student. I mean, that's, that to me was awesome. And there are others, James Gandolfini, you know, Denzel, a whole bunch of people. So the good thing is that I could still have the opportunity to get more and more lessons, life lessons. You know, I, what I've learned, what I've learned through some of the mistakes and missteps I've made, film-wise, is that you're only as good as your weakest link. So you want to be surrounded by, you shouldn't be threatened if somebody is good. It's only going to bring you your A game. It's kind of like basketball. You know, you got to you got to have teamwork. You have to have somebody there to make you shine as well. You've got to feed off of somebody who's Absolutely. great. I know uh, my 
Absolutely. My great co-host, Mike, you have a question for the great one himself, Tony Todd. I certainly Come on, do. Great, Mike. <laughs> the, um, the big question that I have, I guess, is I'm a huge 24 fan, and I love you, but um, that General Juma character, and all, what, did, what did you think of the whole 24 experience? I was able to do two, two roles on 24. I think I appeared briefly in season four. And that whole thing came about because Howard Gordon, who's the executive producer, his first writing gig was on an episode I did for X-Files called Sleepless. And mm. he remembered me. And I guess they were having difficulty casting Juma. And uh, I was doing, unfortunately, a bad film at the time. And all of a sudden, the last day of shooting, I'm thinking, well, am I ever going to work again? <laughs> I get this call saying, as soon as you get back, you got to go see Howard Gordon. And I'm going, Wow. And then I met him. That was a Monday. Wednesday, I was on a plane to South Africa to shoot the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the movie that, you know, was the prequel to the se- season seven. Mm-hmm. So things, the beautiful thing about this business is the phone can ring at any point. Wait a minute. I think I have a call coming in. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell Francis Coppola to hold, okay, for you guys. The great thanks for the great mic. Yeah, right. Thanks, man. You, you know what I got to say? With, with, the, with the Juma character, um, how do I put this elegantly? Uh, you were one scary motherfucker. Uh, I think that's the best way to, to yeah. put you. Six, you're six foot five, and you're just, I mean, that's what brought, you really brought it to life. That's what's the true mark of an actor. You, you see what's written on the page, and you got to make it come to life. Yeah, and I had good people. Well, you know, the time I did season 724, they were a well-oiled machine, you know, and they knew they were a hit, and they expected nothing but excellence. So um, it wasn't the easiest to shoot. Uh, we had to wear a lot of military gear. I had to deal with my own army and making sure they were inspired. And, uh, you know, but I knew on the page, you know, I got to slap the president of the United States, de facto, fictional, but real time. And I got to give it to the great Cherry Jones. I mean, she brought her a game. And it was just a pleasure. Mike, what was the. Uh... And, uh, oh, yeah, the other one. Um, yeah. Of all the actors, I mean, of all the genres that you've worked in, what is the most fun for you? Um, well, I like a good script. You know, I didn't choose to be a horror person or a sci-fi person or, you know, I just want to be a real person within whatever context it is. My mm-hmm. favorite genre, I have two favorite genres. One is film noir. I'm a, I'm a huge black and white classic comfortable guy. You know, William Holden, James Cagney fan, Edward G. Robinson. I, I love those movies. I watch them again and again. I just watched Key Largo again last night. Um, and that's something I would like to do. And, and the second is Westerns. And I was able to do a Western. I did two Westerns. But the one that really I loved was a show called Black Fox. Not many people saw, but it was me and Christopher Reeve. And we spent six months in Canada. And how cool is it when you know you got to go to work at six in the morning, and all you got to do is put on your western gear, put on your holster, and get on a horse? Oh, very you cool. Know? That makes it a fun day. Very, very cool. <laughs> you know, that's a fun day. I said two more quick. Stay, stay coke. <laughs> that's what it's about. You have to have fun with what you're doing. I said that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what it's about. And if you don't, if you wake up in the morning, you're not having fun. Then you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. And you seem to enjoy everything, every role you you're in. Even it could be the worst script in the world. You you just right. come. That's what makes a good actor. And this is what I have to tell you. Uh, I have two quick questions, but I gotta tell you this, and I'll I'll embarrass myself of mentioning this. 
up until the age of 17, because I was a huge fan of, uh, of Candyman. And for a long time, for some reason, <laughs> Tony, I thought you were from England. I don't, <laughs> by watching Candyman, for some reason, I thought you were from the UK. Maybe that just shows what kind of wow. actor. <laughs> I didn't know you. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, that's how. That's amazing. Well, maybe that, maybe that had to do with the fact that both Clive and Bernard are from there, and they sort of imposed their, their, their fingerprint on the style. You know, it was highly stylized language. The weird irony about Candyman, though, is that I'm only in 10 minutes of screen time in that Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and yet, there's not a day that doesn't go by where people come up to me and mention that film. And, and I, I shake it off and go, okay, that's great. I've done a lot of other things, though. But And sometimes the worst question I get is, have you done anything else? Oh, or are you still oh come on. I'm going, like, okay. I would but, hate you know that, that question. Comes, <laughs> that comes from the fact that I put the character before Tony, you yeah. know, and not the other way around. So I tried to bury myself in the character. And it's all about, you got to be, you know, you got to be a servant to the role. So I did. I never got into this business to be a personality, you know. I don't really have much of one. So, <laughs> oh, that's not true. Not from what we're hearing. You know, if anybody ever, yeah, I don't believe. If anybody it. ever asks you, uh, oh, have you done anything after that? Say no and ask for a hundred dollars. At least you can get make some money. Off the there you go. I can make a, a man. I, yeah. Sometimes I've been. I've had a bad day and I say no. I retired, man. Or you know, or I spent I spent ten years in a psychiatric hospital and. Uh, or occasionally I'll say, no, that's not me. <laughs> Get them worse. The other day, somebody came up to me. They were following me around the grocery store, which is why I go shopping after midnight. But they go, you're John Singleton, aren't you? John Singleton. And I go, and I say, I said, no, I'm not. And they said, you're lying. And I understand. And we'll keep it on the QC. Oh, my God. Oh, my. should have just said, uh, yeah, I am. And did you like Boys in the Hood? I, I, cause, uh. <laughs> Come on, John Singleton. I, there's, there's. I did that. I did that occasionally. That's, you know, I laugh at your pain because it's funny. It's not happening to me. It's, I, I just see a, a dumb person coming up and saying John Singleton. Jesus. You know? Oh man. Uh, you know, with, with all the, with the influx of reality television, people are confused now. They don't know the difference between a character or a bozo trying to choose between 15 women, you know, <laughs> Hey, you're working on a, I do that. I do that in real, I do that in real life. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're working now. You just, uh, working on, uh, just finished up with final destination five pretty much. And, uh, there's a lot of buzz yeah, about definitely. this. Uh, one thing this, and I want, I want to know this, if you can tease horror bids fans here and just tease them, uh, what about Final Destination 5 are they going to see in this movie that they've never seen in the past Final Destinations do you think is going to really stand out in this movie? Well, I know it's going to stand out, and I know it's going to look like an Oscar film compared to Final Destination 4. Um, uh, it's 3D. I never worked on a 3D film, and that only means that instead of shooting the six to eight pages you normally do, you shoot two pages a day. Okay. So, and it's more about making sure the costume is completely the same and, uh, and, uh, you know, this, the, the supporting or 